0: Mm -hmm. We have a little something special going on today. So I'm going to invite Greg up. I don't think I have to be up there. Uh, we're, We're here to appreciate someone. Now, let me say this. There are many, many, many people in the church that need to be appreciated for what you do. But let me also say this. If you get upset because you're not appreciated publicly, then you might need to look at why you do what you do. I don't need to repeat that. I think everybody understood. But I will call a person that is, I guess, instrumental in keeping stuff around here flowing the way it's supposed to flow um, by sending messages. I have to admit, she sends out a lot of messages, and I have to admit that I don't respond to all of them, but I do read them. So, uh, Miss Cynthia... Come on up. And prepare yourself because you're going to have to say a few words. First of all, the flowers. (laughs) And your card. (laughs) Cynthia does a lot of work around here that most people don't know. But I think the main thing, of course, she, she's our, um, wait a minute, let me get, don't tell me what you do. Let me, let me get it right. She's our ministry assistant. Okay, she's our ministry. She's not secretary. She's our ministry assistant. So whatever ministry that you have or that you're doing in the church, she helps with that she keeps the communication flowing she helps the pastor she helps the deacons she helps the trustees when we need copies of stuff she makes sure we have all of that stuff she just does a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't know so we wanted to recognize her she's in her finished her fourth year or in your fourth year four year anniversary of her being the administrative assistant for Calvary Baptist Church. She's done a lot in four years. So we just wanted to acknowledge her for that and just share with the rest of the congregation that there's a lot of things that work around here. We don't know how they work, but she's responsible for, for working it. So we're going to acknowledge her for that. So are you prepared to... Ag- She says thank you, but I'm going to give her the mic. So if you never heard Cynthia talk, now's your chance. (laughs) I'll hold the mic for you. Go ahead.
1: Hello, and welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. (laughs) Thank you all. I didn't expect anything like this, but it's my pleasure to serve any way I can. If you need anything, call me in the office. (laughs) Thank you all very much.
0: (laughs) Very good, very good. And she means that if you need anything, call her. And whatever you require, she'll get it out to the right people that can make it happen. Thank you, Cynthia.
1: in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen, amen. What about that rain, huh? Get a little bit of rain today. Wow, thank God. We need it. We need it. Hey, (laughs) Antoine. Yes. So uh, what I want to do to begin with, though, I'd like to uh, pray. And we do have some prayer needs this morning. Uh, I want to begin with mentioning Joe and Lupe's son. And they're going to have it once again this next Saturday at the Redeemer Church Uh, It's there on H Street, down by the railroad tracks. uh, 820 uh, is the address. H Street. Nine o'clock this Saturday. If you'd like to come and uh, show your support and uh, um, for that, okay? The memorial service. Also, uh, we have prayer needs. We have people in the in the rehabilitation. We've got uh, Frank. We've got uh, Bruce. Okay, both in rehabilitation right now, and then we also want to pray for Cecil. Cecil um, has some illness, hopefully, he'll be back with us soon, and then Betty as well. Okay, so let's let's bow together in prayer, Father God. We just uh, we, we we thank you for Joan Lupe, Lord. We thank you, they're part of our family, Lord, our church family. And uh, just uh, Lord, your Holy Spirit, Father, just bring your Holy Spirit, the comforter, to Joe, Lupe, Monica, and the family, Lord. Uh, just just comfort them uh, with your grace and uh, your peace and your strength during this time. Let's watch over them and help them during this time. Thank you, Father. Lord, we also pray for those that are in the, uh, rehabilitation, Frank uh, and Bruce, Lord. Just continue to work in their bodies and give them strength and healing. Also, Betty, uh, we just pray your healing touch upon her. And Cecil, Lord, we just pray for Cecil, Lord, as uh, he is uh, going through some illness right now. And uh, we just pray you strengthen him and give him your, please give him your healing touch, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for watching over us. And we thank you for hearing our prayers and that we pray to you in faith through the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name we pray. amen amen well uh, welcome to all of our guests today god bless you god bless you um a couple things been going on during the week i just want to mention once again the auction last sunday what a great job this man greg did over here how about that you guys are at the auction (laughs) man it was so entertaining everyone really enjoyed it thank you greg uh just a really really great job and then also uh I want to give a special shout-out to David, who did some work uh, in, the, in our Cynthia's office, our church office. The buzzer wasn't working to get the door. You know, she pushes the buzzer to open the door, let people in. It broke, and he came in and fixed that for us. Thank you, David, for your good work. Appreciate it. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Uh, this week, we're going to start a new series. This is a six-week series, and it's called Calvary's Core values now this is how we'll do this if you have a bulletin uh, there should be a card inside your bulletin that looks like this okay so uh, if you don't have a bulletin uh, raise if you don't have one of these cards raise your hand and we'll try to get one to you okay everyone got one we need one over here we need a couple let me see who can i have help us uh, cynthia <laughs> thank you cynthia Okay, Cindy's so going to get some cards for us. And then uh, when they come back, I'm going to have you raise your hand once again. Now, this is the Cal- Calvary's Core Values was developed about 10 years ago. Uh, the, the Healthy Church Group from our state office, led by Mike McCullough, came up and helped us as a church. Uh, okay, here they come with a card. So if you need one, go ahead, raise your hand again. Okay, I think Jody, uh, Brian, Antoine... Okay, good, good, good. They helped us as a church to put this together. Now, there was a steering committee. I understand Jody was in it. I understand Frank was in it. I understand Darren was in it and, and, and others. But they helped everyone. This was a whole church uh, project. So everybody contributed to what what you're seeing here, the values, the core values of Calvary Baptist Church. This is like a historic document for us, because everybody contributed. Now, I wasn't here, but I'm getting this from from, uh, reliable sources, (laughs) okay, that this is what happened. And um, so I'm going to go through uh, each one of these six values for the next six weeks. You'll notice... Uh, H value is, has, is written in red, and then there is a theme sentence, and then there is a paragraph of explanation underneath it. Now, the sermon series that I'm going to do is going to follow those paragraphs, those paragraphs of explanation underneath the core values, okay? So if you're ready, if you're ready, we're going to begin today with the first value uh, the first core value, Calvary Baptist Church, and that is the value of prayer. Now, let me go ahead and uh, read, and then I'm going to have us read something together. But let me read that paragraph underneath uh, where it says prayer, and then if you can just follow along with me. And it says this. It says, <coughs> excuse me, when we pray, we are communicating with God, our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and facilitated by the Holy Spirit. Church members are expected to pray publicly and privately, to attend prayer meetings, and to live in an attitude of prayer. Always pray, pray without ceasing, and in everything by prayer. Now, if you would... I want us to have read together the theme sentence, which is right underneath. It begins with the words we value. It's right underneath the word prayer. And I'd like just to have us read that together. Can we do that? Are you ready? Here we go. We value a growing intimate relationship with God through the power of prayer. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm glad. I'm gl- I, I, I like that we start with prayer. Uh, that that, that the values of Calvary Baptist Church start with prayer. Prayer is listed on every page of the Bible. Did you know that, uh, how important it is? Prayer is our lifeline to God. It's our lifeline to God. Prayer. Prayer is how we gain, maintain, and sustain our relationship with God. It's all through prayer. It begins with prayer. So now, you know, it says in what we just read that we value a growing intimate relationship with God. Now the word growing there tells us that our relationship with God is something that's alive. It's developing. It's maturing. Like a like like a blooming flower or like a fruit-bearing vine, it's growing. It's growing in the Lord. Now, the word intimate tells us that it is a that that, that it's something that is dear, it is cherished. And it is, you know, close to God's heart. Close to God's heart. It's an intimate relationship with God. So now, I'm going to go over four answers to questions that come from this uh, paragraph of explanation. That's what our sermon is going to be about today. Four answers to four questions. And the first question is this. It's in the back of your outline. It's a question of why We pray. Why do we pray? You can fill it in there if you like. You know, the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse 2 says, be, uh, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. So, prayer is a command. It's a commandment from from God, and it's something we're to be devoted to do, to pray. Devote yourself to uh, uh, prayer. You know, the values, it begins at values. Paragraphs begins with this. It says this. When we pray, we are communicating with God, our Heavenly Father. We are communicating with God, our Heavenly Father. You know, that's what prayer is, isn't it? Prayer is just communicating with God. Prayer is having a conversation with God. Prayer is just talking with God. That's what prayer is. It's, it, it's having a communion With the Lord. It's an expression of your intimate relationship with God the Father in heaven. He is the God who hears your prayers, He is the God who answers prayers. Prayer. Prayer. Why should we pray? Why should we pray? We should pray, as it says here, to continue to grow in that relationship. You know, the more you know God, the more you know his love for you, his compassion for you, and his care for you. I want to read to you from Luke. If you have a Bible, you might want to turn there. Luke chapter 18, there's a parable. (laughs) Sorry about that. There's a parable Jesus told about kind of two opposite personalities. There's a judge who was very callous in heart, a callous judge, an uncaring judge. And there was a widow, a helpless widow. Now this widow kept going to the judge, pleading to him for justice in her cause. So if you'll, if you'll turn with me, we're going to look at Luke, if you'd like to, Luke, Luke chapter 18. And we're going to read uh, to begin with verses 1 through 3. And it says this. <clears throat> it says this. Then Jesus, I'm in Luke chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that same town who kept coming to him. With the plea, grant me justice against my adversaries. All right. This widow was kind of in a a bad, bad way. She was in a bad situation. She's coming to this judge. Now, Jesus tells us this parable to teach us a lesson about petitioning God, praying to God. Now, this judge, as you can see, had no room for God. He had no respect for God. He didn't care about God. He didn't care about people. And he definitely didn't care about this widow, this helpless little widow. He had a cold heart. But the widow had no other place to turn. So she came. She came. To this judge. She was being beaten out of her little home. Her mortgage was being foreclosed. She was being treated unjustly. She was being treated unfairly. She had no family. She had no family support. The only option she had was to go to this judge. But he wouldn't have it. Look at verse 4. He wouldn't have it. For some time he refused. He said, go away. Go away. But the thing is, he kept telling her to go away. But the poor, see, the poor widow lives on the edge of town. She's about to lose her home from an, uh, in an unfair and unjust way. Instead of giving up and going away and becoming homeless, she, she comes back to the judge. And she comes back to him. And she uh, she, uh, she keeps coming back to him. And then finally, finally, look what happens. Verse 4. Because her persistence does pay off. first 4 says, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God, even though I don't care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, <laughs> I'll give her her justice. <laughs> okay. So he gives her justice. I'll see that she has justice so that she won't even, she won't actually come and attack me. <laughs> see, the thing is this. The thing is this. Why did Jesus, why did Jesus tell us this parable? What is Jesus getting at? He's not saying that God is an unjust judge who needs to be badgered before he'll give an ear to us. No, 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 no. He's saying just the opposite. Let's look. Verse 6 and 7. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God... Bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you. He will see they get justice and quickly. You see, God isn't like uh, unjust judges who respond, who finally respond to constant pressure. How much if, if they're gonna respond to constant pressure, how much more is God, the Father of mercy and the God of all compassion, how much more will he respond? to those who cry out to him in need. Psalm chapter 34, verse 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. See, God cares. God responds to us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. He's a caring God. He's a caring God who answers our prayers. He cares, and he answers prayers. So the first first question that we looked at is the answer of why should we pray? Why should we pray? You know, prayer brings us into communication with a God who cares for us, who answers our prayers. It helps us to grow in our relationship with him. And then number two, number two, the second question has to do with how to pray. How to pray. Let's take a look now. The next phrase in our paragraph, it says this. When you pray, we're to pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and facilitated by the Holy Spirit. Pray, pray uh, through uh, Jesus Christ, uh, facilitated by the Holy Spirit. prayer The prayer God receives is prayer through Jesus Christ. First, uh, First Peter, uh, First Timothy, chapter two, verse five. There is one God and one mediator between man and God, the man Jesus Christ. There is no other way to reach the Father. He's the only mediator. He's the only way. John fourteen, verse six. I am the Jesus speaking. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. <clears throat> That's how we begin. That's how to begin. Begin. To begin to communicate with the Father, to be at peace with the Father, become a child of the Father, you must believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. That's where it all begins. And now Jesus gives His disciples a lesson in prayer. Luke chapter 11, still in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. One of Jesus' disciples heard Him praying. And He came up to Jesus. And he says, Lord, teach us how to pray. Let's take a look. Luke 11, beginning with verse 1. It says, one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, I'm in Luke 11, 1, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples to pray. Wanting to know how to... And what does Jesus do? Jesus gives them the model prayer. The model prayer. It's just like the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. It's, the mo, it's a model prayer. And I wanted to read it to you now. Verse, let's read verses 2 through 4. He says, Jesus says, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. I want you to notice the order in this prayer. Jesus begins in the order of this prayer, He begins by praising God, praising God, and then comes the requests. Then comes the request. Begin by praising God. Acknowledge His greatness. Acknowledge His goodness. Acknowledge that He is the giver of all good and perfect things. John uh, James chapter 1, verse 17. He's a giver of all good and perfect things. Hallowed be Thy name. Holy be Your name. Then come the requests. Give us this day. Give us our daily bread. The, the requests. The requests are made. You know, here's the thing. Before the requests are made, praise and thanksgiving are given. Why? Because the Bible says this Psalm chapter 100, verse 4. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's how we're to begin. We're to begin with praise. We're to begin with thanks. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Give God praise. That puts us in the right frame of mind before God. When we give him praise and thanks. Why? Because number one, it humbles we're humbling ourselves. Number two, we're honoring him. Psalms chapter 50, verse 23. He who brings thanksgiving as a sacrifice honors me. It honors God to give him thanks. So we come to him first with thankfulness in our heart. And then the requests are made. Then the requests are made. Give us our daily bread. In other words, provide us for our daily needs. Now, we have physical needs. We know that. But you know what else we have on a daily basis? We have spiritual needs. We have spiritual needs. And our spiritual needs begin with the need for forgiveness. The need for forgiveness. Forgiveness is a cornerstone of our relationship with God. I want you to hear that again. Forgiveness is a cornerstone of our relationship with God. Not only do we receive it, but we're to do what? Give it. Huh? The forgiven become the forgivers, right? It's a cornerstone of our relationship with God. Look at verse 4. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Our daily needs, our spiritual needs, begins with a need for forgiveness. When we sin, we need forgiveness. That's why Jesus died. He died on the cross and shed his blood, that through his blood we can be cleansed. We've got to come to God with a clean heart. Get that forgiveness. And then, and then, after forgiveness comes the need for guidance. Guidance. Next verse. Lead us. Not into temptation. I want you to focus on the word "lead us, lead us, O oh Lord." Not into temptation. Lead us in the path of righteousness. Righteousness. Lead us by your spirit. You know the Bible says this. It's let's take a look. I want I want us to look again at this. Uh, our uh, our values. Uh, paragraph here. It says that we are facilitated by the Holy Spirit. You see it there? We pray through Jesus Christ, facilitated by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit facilitates us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit leads us. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. All who are led by the Spirit of God are called children of God. It's We're praying here to be led on a daily basis. Lead us, Lord. Lead us, Lord. So our value of prayer. Value of prayer. It, 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 why do we value prayer? Our second. Our second question that we're answering here about the value of prayer is how to pray. We pray to to. Uh, what is our what is our theme sentence say here? One more time, and I read our theme sentence. It says this: We value a growing intimate relationship with God through the power of prayer. We pray to grow in our relationship with God. We've talked about knowing why we should pray. We've talked about now knowing how we should pray. Now third, now third, is the question of this. Where we should pray. Where we should pray. Now look, the next part of the sentence says this. It says, church members are expected to pray in public and in private. In public and in private. That's what I want us to focus on right now. Jesus spoke a lot about praying uh, privately, Matthew chapter 6. Right before he gave his, taught him, them how to pray the Lord's Prayer, he taught them how to pray and the importance of praying privately. Let's take a look. Matthew 6, beginning with verse 5. Matthew 6, beginning with verse 5. Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Pray privately. Pray privately. Just you and God. You know, Jesus says, don't be, don't be like the hypocrites. Did we read that part? Do not be like the hypocrites. It's in verse 5. Uh, oh, let's continue on. It says this. Um, he's talking about verse 7, don't, bab- don't, don't be babbling like the pagans do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words, uh, You know, but your Father who knows what you need before you ask Him. Jesus is talking about not praying like the hypocrites. The hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites Jesus is talking about? Hypocrites. Hypocrites are people that, that make a show, make a show of, of their prayers. Make a show of their prayers. They they want to pray in public. Here we go. Um, oh, we're in chapter 6, verse, I think, I, I let me back it up just a little bit. Uh, let's pick it up at verse 2. Chapter 6, verse 2, we're in Matthew 6, verse 2. It says, When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street corners to be honored by others. I tell you, they have their reward. But, but when you give... Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Jesus is talking about don't be like the hypocrites. The hypocrites like to pray in public so other people will see them. They want to pray as a show. They, they, but you see, that the word hypocrite means you're, you're pretending to be something you're not. That's what hypocrites are. They're, they're pretending to be someone who they aren't. Jesus said, don't be a hypocrite. You know the word hypocrite in the Greek actually means one who wears a mask. It's wearing a mask, pretending to be somebody who... Who you're not Jesus says don't pray like the hypocrites they have their reward their reward is that people admire them they, they think oh these are people who are so great you know, but God sees the heart he knows the secrets of the heart God knows the secrets of the heart you know the hypocrites are not being honest they're not being sincere and Jesus is drawing a contrast. Jesus is drawing a contrast between this. Sincere, insincere prayer, and sincere prayer. That was in verse five. I'm sorry, verse five. It says, the, "the the hypocrites love to stand in the synagogues and the street corners to be seen by others. They have their reward in, in full." Jesus is drawing this contrast: sincere prayer, insincere prayer. He's drawing a contrast between those who pu- pray for public attention and those who pray for God's attention. He's drawing a contrast between the hypocrites who pray and honest believers who pray. Jesus is drawing a contrast. And what is he saying? What is Jesus trying to tell us? He's saying, make sure your motives are pure. When you pray, make sure your motives are pure. Go. Go where it's just you and God. And God who sees in secret will reward you. He'll commune with you. He'll fellowship with you. And he'll answer you. Check your motives. Check your motives. Uh, And when you pray, is Jesus saying, what is Jesus saying? Is he saying not to pray in public? No. There are many times that Jesus prayed publicly. Many times. But here... The emphasis is on private prayer and the prayer importance of the prayer closet. anybody here ever watch the movie War? What you call a uh, 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 war room? Anybody here ever watch the movie War Room? Some of you, some of you, some of you. It's a Christian movie. It's a Christian movie by the older lady by the name of Clara, and uh, she's trying to help this young lady named Elizabeth whose marriage is falling apart. Now Clara is a widow; her deceased husband uh, was an army commander. And um, when, you know, when, when, the, war, when the, the army was in the midst of war, he would gather, the military staff would gather it, 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 to strategize their battle strategy in the war room. Now, Elizabeth's marriage was getting to be a war zone, right? So what did Clara do? Clara takes her. He takes her to the closet, her prayer closet. She calls it her war room. And he shows her. She's trying to train her. She's trying to teach her. And and, and she says this, Elizabeth, your battle isn't against your husband. Your battle is against the devil. The devil who has control of your house and of your marriage. we got to go to war. She's teaching her and training her how to do spiritual battle through prayer. And she shows Elizabeth her prayer closet, her war room. She got, <coughs> pardon me. She's got scriptures and notes posted on the walls of this room for uh, how to pray in different situations. She's got a list up on that wall of what she needs to pray for. And then outside the closet, she's got a, a wall of remembrance. Remembering how God has answered those prayers. How God has brought her a victory in the war room. In the war room, that was her private room where she closed the door and did spiritual battle. We all need to have a, a regular time, a private time with God. Whether you call it the war room or other kind of room, <laughs> that's that's God's room. That's where you that's where you, you have room in your heart for God, a place where you go with God. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There is a place to pray per- privately. And there is a place to pray publicly. Now, now, Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Peter, Peter is thrown in prison. You might want to turn there. Acts chapter 12. Peter is thrown in prison by Herod, King Herod. King Herod was persecuting the Christians. He had just killed by the sword James, one of the 12 disciples. And he was getting ready. Fixing to, as one of my friends would say, do the same to Peter. He was intending to to have Peter killed. But, some of you know the story. Prayer was going on. Prayer, public prayer was going on in the house of a woman named Mary. Mary, the mother of John Mark, Mark who who wrote the Gospel of Mark. And I want us to pick up the story from there. Let's take a look. Acts. Chapter 12, and we're going to take a look at verses uh, 5 through, uh, what are we looking at? 5 through 7. And it says this. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod, the, the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains and sentries that stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and the light shone all over the cell. He struck Peter on the side. Peter said, "I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping." <laughs> it was like, "Wake up!" Okay, Peter thinks he's still sleeping. He thinks, you know, for a while there, he didn't know if he's dreaming or not. He, caught, he strikes him on the side. "Get up," he said. That and the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. The chains fell off of Peter's wrists. Now the Peter said, "The, the angel said, Follow me.'" Peter follows him. They, get, they, they pass the guard. They go outside the prison. They go This gate, this iron gate that leads into the city. And by God's miraculous act, that gate opens, you know the story, by itself. How many of you know God knows how to open doors? Amen? Amen? What does Peter do? The angel and Peter, they're walking down the city street, about the length of one city street. All of a sudden, the angel leaves them. Peter's by himself. But! He knows where to go. Where do you think he knows where to go? Mary's house. That's right, Mary's house. Mary's house. Mary, John's mother. It was a house of prayer. It was a house where the Christians gathered. Christians gathered. And as a matter of fact, Peter found that house and he knocked on the door of that house. And that's exactly what they were doing right then. When Peter was knocking, they were praying. They were praying for Peter. A lady named Rhoda, one of the servants, goes to the door. This is kind of funny. She goes to the door. Peter's knocking. He's telling her, It's me, Peter. She hears him. She forgets. She gets so excited, she she forgets to open the door. She runs back. She runs back to the people. It's Peter, it's Peter. Peter's still knocking. He's trying to get in. Uh (laughs) Did they believe her? No, no. They, praying as they did, did not believe. They did not believe it was really Peter. What's the lesson here? What's the lesson here? Yeah, and then, 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 What happened when they saw it was Peter? They were astonished. They were astonished. What do you know? God did answer prayer. He answered our prayer. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We need to be looking for God's answers. We need to be praying in faith. We need to be pr- uh, Praying, uh, believing, and looking for the answers. God is going to answer us however he chooses to do it. We don't have to be looking for it and remembering to thank him when he does. You might not be the answer you want, but, you might, you might, but he's going to choose. God will answer your prayers. You've got to be praying in faith. And when you pray, whether it's public, whether it's private, pray with a sincere heart. Pray with an honest heart. And pray with a thankful heart. Okay, so we've looked. We've looked at why we should pray. We've looked at uh, how we should pray. We've looked at where we should pray. Now third and finally, I mean fourth and finally, when we should pray. When we pray. When we pray. Let's take a look at it again. Let's look at our values list. Let's look at our last, last sentence on the paragraph. What's it say? It says... To attend prayer meetings to live in an attitude of prayer. Always pray. Pray without ceasing. And in everything by prayer. Prayer should be something that's always on our mind. The lines of communication with God should always be open all the time. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, verse 17. It says pray constantly. Another translation: pray without ceasing. Prayer should be a way of life. Although we can't always be talking to God, but we can always be we can always know that He's there, that He's with us. You know, as we walk in obedience to Him, we need to be praying. To him. We know that we can always go to him and we should go to him. And our conversations with God can happen anytime. Anytime. Spontaneous. Knowing that he's there. Praying constantly. And our conversation with God isn't just talking to him, it's watching, isn't it? It's listening, isn't it? Uh, Two way street. Two way conversation going on here. Be looking for God's guidance as you live in an attitude of prayer. You know, I think it's interesting, 1 Thessalonians five seventeen, the very next verse in verse 18 says, give thanks in every circumstance. So here you have it, prayer and thanksgiving. They should always go together. Prayer and thanksgiving should always go together. Put prayer and thanksgiving just as you... Just as you pray throughout the day, then you should be giving thanks throughout the day. You know, make prayer your way of life and mix all your thoughts with thanks. Mix mix all your thoughts with thanks. Let it be a continual, continual conversation. At Calvary, we value, as I said, a growing relationship with God through the power of prayer. We've looked at why we should pray. Prayer is something we're commanded to do. The God we pray to is not like an unjust judge who has to be pressured to respond. The God that we pray to is a caring God who hears our cry and answers. Second, answers with love. Second, we've looked at the fact that we are how to pray. We're to pray through Jesus Christ, putting our faith in him, modeling the Following the model prayer, beginning with praise, and then making our requests. Requests not only for our physical needs, but for our spiritual. Number three, where we pray. Where we pray. We pray in public. We pray in private. We pray in public. We pray in private. We pray in public. Clara's prayer closet with her wool room. It reminds us that prayer is spiritual battle, Amen. Prayer is spiritual battle. Now, Peter, when he was released from prison, was the result of one powerful public prayer meeting where victory was won for the Lord. Prayer is spiritual battle. And fourth and last, when we should pray. Prayer should be ongoing. Prayer should be, always be a way of life for us. It should always be mixed with Thanks. And I like the fact that Calvary, the core values begin with prayer because prayer shouldn't be our, should be our first response, not our last resort. Huh? Our first response, not our last resort. It should always begin with prayer. Whatever we do, begin with prayer. It's a response of a heart that's been touched by God, that knows the love of God and knows your need. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word that instructs us, you know, what we should value, you know, as a church and as individuals. And Lord, it does, it does all start with prayer. And Father, uh, we thank you for uh, the lessons learned and thank you, for, uh, Lord Jesus, that you 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 shed your blood so that we could be forgiven, so that we could... Communicate with the Lord above, with the Lord of heaven and earth, with the Creator of all things. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to continue to follow you, look to you, pray to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. And, you know, as we're closing, we're going to have a closing hymn in just a moment. And as we do, you know, hopefully the Lord is, is, is speaking to you. And if you have a if you have a decision that God is ta- putting on your heart.